Hello and welcome to episode number 75 of the WP Cafe show with me, Keith Devon, and my co-host, Mark Wilkinson. Uh, we will be chatting through some of our recent adventures in WordPress development and uh, things that we've been working on uh, this week. Thanks for joining us. Um, if you're live on YouTube, do say hello. If you're listening on, on the podcast, you can't really do that, can you? But you can always find us on Twitter or uh, on the socials. So uh, track us down there. Um, and as always, if you do enjoy the show, please do leave a little like and consider subscribing if it's something uh, that you would like to hear more of. So without further ado, uh, what are we going to be talking about today, Mark? Um, we've got a few topics today. We've got working with APIs, which was my week. Uh, we've got chat GPT, more stuff around that, and various other little bits and bobs, if we get that far down the list. Because yeah. last week's episode... We didn't really have much on the list, but we ended up rambling on for like 47 minutes. So we'll yeah, see how we get on this week. Quite yeah, good at good. rambling if we need to ramble. Uh, we also <laughs> love when we get some questions and just general chat in the uh, in the YouTube chat channel. So if you are watching along and you've got something to say, something to ask, a point to raise, please do that. Uh, we, love, we love hearing from you. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I usually spend... Um, 15 minutes this morning sort of like rumbling around Twitter just to see if there's any interesting tweets and things to talk about. Um, so if you found some that I've missed, mm. get the questions in the comments. That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's try to stay away from any major con controversy there. Yeah. That would be nice yeah. for, for a change. Um, what's up first then? Um, I guess uh, working with APIs, I guess, that has been uh, much of my week, much of my last two weeks actually. Yeah. Um, so the context behind this is we've got our product job relay, which integrates with various different job posting providers to provide those jobs to WordPress. And we had an existing customer who came to us and said, look, I want to move away from my job posting provider. And I want to use this service, this new service, which was called workable. And, uh, we didn't have an integration with workable. Uh, so we took the opportunity to work with the client who was really open to that and to try and build an integration not only for that client, but something that we could then use going forward and offer that as a service for other clients. Um, so that's what I've spent the last couple of weeks uh, working on. Uh, you start off sort of like, I don't know, the, the mood with working with APIs is like, oh my God, never going to be able to do this. It's terrible. And then Keith usually says, go on, Mark, just have a quick play with it you, you know get somewhere and then i come back and say oh it's easy i've got it i've got a list of jobs and i can do everything and then you hit the sort of like oh i forgot about that and oh god does it really work like that and and then you yeah. sort of go through that phase of like you've had the, it, the sort of congratulations of getting it done and then you hit all the negatives of like well it doesn't do it and so on and then you kind of you work through those things and then eventually you get to a point where i think we are right now whereas it's like this is working this is pretty good actually yeah <laughs> So do you do you feel like it was worth doing, knowing what definitely. you know now in terms of how hard it's been or how? Yeah, definitely. My so there's there's a few main issues you have with APIs personally. Like, tell me if if you have different ones. If you're in the comments and you've worked with APIs, obviously we're working with pulling jobs from a service. So um, the first one is authentication. So the authentication mm -hmm. issue is 
it, it can be dead straightforward in that you're just passing a token or it can be more complicated where you have to do some handshakes to pass tokens backwards and forwards like OAuth and then uh, getting data that you then have to store locally, that, which you then have to send with each request. Um, this one was easier on the easier end of things. They just require you to create an API key in the workable account, set the correct permissions so that that key can do the things you want to do. In this case, it was literally pulling pulling the jobs. That's all we want to do. We don't want to send data back. We don't want to add candidates. We don't want to deal with all that sort of stuff. Um, and then you pass that in the header of the request. Um, I think it's called like a bearer token or something in the, mm -hmm. in the headers request, but it's pretty straightforward um, and then it works. And then there's various issues around that token in that it, it, it obviously is only allowed to do certain things. But in this particular instance, it had rate limiting in, introduced on it, which I don't think is like unusual. That's most APIs will have a rate limiting uh, system so that you can't just keep pinging it requests every half a second and it's just, you know, burning out the machine. And this particular one had, I think it was 10 requests per 10 seconds. So you could only do 10 requests per 10 seconds. So I was sat there thinking, well, most of our customers probably have like a list of 40 or 50 jobs at any one time where they're live yeah. jobs. We do get some <clears throat> customers that have thousands of jobs, but they're very few and far between. And they are, at the moment, they're not using this integration, obviously. So I'm thinking if I've got to get 40 jobs or like 50 jobs, for example, then I've got to do 50 um, I've got to do one request, which is fine, because I can actually get 50 requests, 50 jobs in the one request. Perfect. I think you can get up to 100 in this API. It'll let you do. So that was perfect. So I'm, I'm, I grabbed all the jobs, and I'm thinking, oh, this, this is great. So I'm looking at the data, and I'm looping through the data to prepare it for then sending on to the client and everything. And I'm thinking, well, hang on. This this is missing, and this is missing, and, and this is missing. So there was no... Um, like team member associated with it. So that's the recruiter mm. that's written the job saying, hey, you know, Jim Smith was the one that wrote the job, therefore we need to sort of assign him. Um, so that was missing. There was no job industry. There was no job like function or experience or any of those fields were missing. Um, employment types like full-time, part-time, et cetera. So I'm like, that's weird because I know that you can set them in workable. When you go to create a job, all those fields are in the in like creating a job. You can fill them all in, basically. So more digging, there's more endpoints. So there's an endpoint to get the members of the of a job, and then there's an endpoint to get what we call the job details, which basically passes you all of the stuff for a job. So then I'm thinking, well, I've got to get all the jobs. Then I've got, for each job that I receive, I've got to do two further requests to get the members and the details of the job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if I'm getting 50 jobs, that's 101 requests, I think, because it's two requests for each uh, job and then the original request to get all yeah. the jobs. So then I'm like, but I don't have enough. My rate limiting will kick in then because I'm only allowed 10 every 10 seconds and that's probably going to take less than 10 seconds. So uh, I was like, what do I do? I, 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 like, I'm screwed here. So I contacted Workable and they actually increased the limits. Like, I think it was 50 requests every 10 seconds, which certainly helped, but didn't really fix the problem, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because <clears throat> if you've got more than 100 jobs, you saw that would still be an issue. Is that a limit what? per client of ours or a limit for job <clears throat> relay as a whole? <clears throat> it's a limit for 
the API key that you're using. So, so that like API key is the workable API client. key. Yes, and to that workable ap- yep. account, if that makes sense. So yep. that API key is only allowed to do uh, 10 requests every 10 seconds. So I had to then look into some like how to rate limit my my API, my my calls, basically. So I did a lot of iterations. Um, and I think the one I'm actually using is simplistic and not sure how it'll cope with lots and lots of jobs, like if someone was pulling 2,000 jobs. Yeah. Um, but essentially, we sort of, without going into great detail, which I don't think is what you want to hear on this podcast, it's essentially, it's checking how many requests have been done. And then it's it's kind of stopping the application from carrying on. It's like a pause, essentially. Let's just pause for a few seconds necessary to then wait and then do the requests again uh, and so on. So it's uh, it's doing it that way. And from testing, it seems to work, but I haven't been able to yet test it with a lot of jobs um, because I need the client to log in and start adding some more jobs and so forth to test it with. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually really pleased with the integration. I've managed to set it so that clients can choose the duration that they pull the jobs. Um, so I've said there's a drop down where they can choose like every 30 minutes, every hour, every four hours, or every 12 hours. And then I've I've almost created, I've got WordPress cron jobs that are set up to run on those intervals, get me the, the feeds that are set up to pull jobs at those times, and then go and pull those jobs in and send them onto the WordPress client. So uh, that seems cool. to work at the moment. Made a change to one of the jobs and then just sat there and waited. Went back to my local site an hour or two later and it had, it had updated. So that was good news. Um, so, yeah, it's looking good. So, <coughs> yeah. And you've learned oh, a few little uh, new coding tricks along the way, haven't you? A new few couple of PHP functions that um, you hadn't used before, which was fun. That's right. Yeah. One sec. I think the first one you said was uh, a do while loop. Uh, yeah. I've never. I've seen it in code, um, yeah. what's called a do while loop, but I've never actually, I've, I've never understood what it is and I've never used it. And from my understanding, again, correct me in the comments if you think I've got this completely wrong, it's kind of a while statement, but the first iteration of that while statement always runs. So in WordPress, you've got like while have posts. If you don't have any posts, that while statement will never run. So essentially, yeah. it, will, it will never execute. <clears throat> Whereas a do while is like the first thing iterate, the first thing happens, and then it runs the while statement, which of course may may not run another one, but it, it would then run through the while statement. And the reason why I was using that is because I want an initial call to the API to happen all the time, but then I only want additional calls to run if there is a next page of results to go and grab those. Oh uh, yeah. Um, so that's where I was using this do while statement, and that was uh, it's fun. It's fun like learning new new stuff that you've, you've never come across before. I'm sure there's loads of other stuff that's out there, but yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. it. Was good. So that was that was one of them. Yeah, yeah, very good. And you um, you got that through some help from. I got that uh, through some help from Bob. From Bob, yeah, <laughs> our new employee. A new employee called Bob. He's doing um, very well. He's hit the ground running, Bob. Absolutely, he needs. He's good. But he he needs he needs you to look over his stuff just to make sure um, mm. that it's all right. Um, put in the comments if you know who Bob is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he's pretty good at, at getting some good code out there. But um, he yeah. 
it doesn't always work. You can't just copy and paste it. You've got to look at it because Bob doesn't tend to know the context of your project. Exactly. He only knows like the context of the internet when he sort of learned everything. But yeah, yeah. First prize to Sam. Yeah, um, Sam. Well done, Bob. Is <laughs> <Captain> <laughs> Uh, Jonah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that's that's been fun. I've been. Is there anything else you want to talk about with regards to the API stuff and anything um, else you learned from that? Elliot or just pops some comments comments in yeah. here. So Elliot says, "Bear at basic auth, auth one, auth two APIs. It can be the most painful part of getting into an API. Yeah, that's it's really always my my worry. Like pulling data from a from a, from a URL and it returns you data, and then you do something with it, whether you're saving it or passing it on to somewhere else or whatever. That's I'm relatively comfortable with that." But the getting the the getting to the position where I can actually get to the data is my my sort mm -hmm. of like fear, if you like. This one was quite straightforward, which was nice. Um, yeah. It's the ones where you've got the OAuth stuff where you have to sort of like send them to this URL, the like accept permissions. It creates something, sends it back to you. Then you have to send that back, and then it creates a call. And then you keep so it, it becomes a bit of a, a minefield. But uh, but we, yeah. we we got there in this one, which was good. And then Elliot also said, thank you. Do you pull live data from the API or do you save it locally in your local database? This is just pulling live data because that is what I need to do, essentially. I need to get the live data if it's been updated uh, and so on. So what I am looking to do is improve this, though, because at the moment what my API does is pulls all the jobs for each time. And Workable actually have an updated after variable that you can pass. So if I can save the date that I last called the API, I can yeah. then ask it to only get stuff that's been updated after that date because I've already got the other stuff. Um, potentially, there's, there's work to do on that. But so instead of getting everything all the time, I want to get the stuff that I know I need, if that makes sense. I'm not quite it's, sure how deleted jobs are going to come into that. That's the thing. Correct me if I'm wrong. I thought Elliot was asking there if we are directly using API calls to show for the front end. Because we, we are saving, we are saving to our local database. We're, we're getting the jobs, saving them, and then displaying them, rather than displaying what the API returns us. Sorry, that that's good question. Sorry, that is so. Uh, job relay, the service gets the data live from the API and then sends it on to the client, and then our plugin on the client end saves those jobs into WordPress as a post type, so that the client site can. Do what they want with them. They can they can present them how they would in a theme, etc. Most use a job board plugin that uh, yeah. then displays them for them essentially. But that's that's the case. Yeah. Right. So, sorry if I got the wrong end of the stick there. But yes. Um. Cool. No, that, that's all for that. Yeah. Do you want to chat about chat GPT and? Well, yeah. I mean, Bob? there's not there's not loads and loads to say. Uh, we we upgraded to Pro this week. And yep. I mean, I can't say that I've noticed an absolutely massive difference in terms of the quality. I don't know if you have. Um, I'd say I have. I feel yeah. it's slower. I think it's a bit slower than 3.5. So this is ChatGPT4, access mm. to that. I think it's a little bit slower. Um, you have noticed quality, quality change, which is obviously good. Uh, the other things that I was doing is I was playing around with Dali, so image generation for uh, a friend of mine who's setting up this. I think I talked about it last week that I'm helping him with his website for his new drone business. Um, and I was playing about with it, trying to generate a logo for for that, and it wasn't very good. 
Like, <laughs> I say that, it's amazing that it can do anything yeah. and produce something that actually like looks kind of genuine and sort of usable. But it 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 kept it kept giving me like very complex images, you know, with like gradients and like loads of colors and loads of shapes. And I I over and over and over again I was asking it to simplify. I was like simplify that. I want less shapes. I want less colors. Like make it black and white. It understood that, so it would give me black and white versions of a logo, which helped. But then still with loads of lines and complex shapes i was like no this needs to work in really small formats i want a super simple shape and they just it just couldn't get it and it, yeah. and it kept coming back saying here's a version with much simpler shapes it was like that's worse like that's <laughs> or or at least exactly the same so it definitely it has its limitations and i i, I do wonder if part of part of it is just unlocking the right prompts to use so there's that oh, whole like prompt skill set uh, which I don't have yet, um, but I find that interesting for, for images than it is for other things as well, like when generating yeah. images. The I, quality I tried of the it. image it was amazing. Like the images yeah. that it was returning was amazing, but it's just not what I wanted, and I couldn't get I couldn't get it there. <clears throat> well, I tr I tried it just to give it a test, and I sort of said it asked it to um, produce a, a desktop background uh, for my computer yeah. that was WordPress branded, and I think I said it has to be like an office in an office sort of setting. So it produced this really cool sort of like uh, blue uh, uh, sort of picture of a desk with a MacBook on it or, a, or an iMac, I can't yeah, remember. And then it had really sort nice. of a WordPress mouse, map mug and everything like that, which was really cool. And then I asked it to, and this, this comes back to what you were saying, was I asked it to, I said, oh, I'm happy with that, but I'd like it to be a, a tone of red rather than blue. And then it said, yeah, no problem. So it went off and redrew the image. But then it was a completely different scene. So it, it mm -hmm. had changed the the what do you call it like where the camera sits and looks it was at an angle yeah, just, so the desk was yeah. at an angle it was a different, so it got a it was a different, different picture and it yeah. was like no I, I literally just want you to make the, the blues red that's all I want you to do I don't want you to change the pictures at all yeah um, and then I did it again and asked it to do the same thing and then with a different color and a few different things and like and it's interesting you said the images are really good quality on first inspection this one was. And I saved it to my desktop. I'm going to use that somewhere. Maybe it's just in a blog post or something. But when I actually looked at the image, the WordPress, the name WordPress was all, you couldn't, at a glance, you could tell it was WordPress, but you couldn't pick yeah. out the letters when you looked at it. You couldn't literally pick yeah. out the letters. And the WordPress logo was all like weird on the top right-hand side. It sort of like, yeah. it was almost like the pen had slipped <laughs> when they were drawing it. It was weird. So there was... Yeah. You could, I mean, you could definitely tell it wasn't. It was a, it was an AI image, which wasn't the object of this. It didn't matter whether you could tell it was an AI image, but um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So, I mean, it's so clever. I mean, it's it, I just can't get my head around how it works. You know how it actually does this. I'm saying to yeah. you, you know, it's one of the things. You just don't get it. I just don't understand how it can do it. But I think I'd like to look up like some kind of prompt, some prompts to use, like some really, yeah. really good starter prompts for things just to kind of show what it can do and how you need to interact with it to get the best from it because I'm just not there yet. But with code, so I, I've been using it for code this week as well. Um, I feel like my coding skills are getting kind of pretty rusty and my JavaScript skills especially have always been pretty poor. Um, and I'm using it loads just to, how do you do this little thing? How do you do that little thing? So instead of like 
coming up with stack overflow results where you've got to filter through is this is this relevant to the kind of what i'm trying to do like are those answers good what's the best answer just give something and i'm just like all right nice it works try it works and then if i need if i need to adapt it it that it's quite good at that with code not with the images with code yeah. i can say do that again but with this thing so there was an example where i was asking it just to, it was basically to create a simple i had a simple click event uh, on an element and what was happening was that that element contained other elements and when you clicked on those it didn't fire the click event got you um and i just i just pasted it in a, like a little snippet of the code that i had i said i want this but i want it to work on all the child elements and it just told me how to do it and then gave me the code and the, the thing i love about the code stuff is it explains it yeah, and you like, can ask it to can't you as well yeah and you can ask yeah. it to explain it but like it was just doing it for me so i've done this you know we're using this method because you know blah 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 and yeah. i was like that's so great so you know, i'm yeah. actually like i'm learning i feel like i'm actually learning while using it which is probably not what most people would expect to happen they kind of think you're just passing it all off and you don't really know what's going on you don't really know what you're doing but actually i feel like i'm actually learning the code more through through learning i through agree using and it. when i was doing it for mine i'd sort of built um i'd built my original integration with the api um and then as i was working out to do some of the other things i was like oh, i should i don't like that way it does that because i can't do that and so on so i, I just went to chat gp and asked it to do just an, a, a call to the api and it gave me some code to do it. and i was like well, that's pretty much what i've got you know it's fine yeah. and then i was like right, how, how would you put pagination on that so it iterated it again and explained and then I was like, but the, but it's rate limited to, to ten in ten seconds. Can you can you modify it to do that? And it was like, yeah. So it did that. Yeah. It, some of it was wrong, but I knew why it was wrong because it had explained it, and I could see where where I needed to change it for my instance as well. So like you said, you're learning all the time, aren't you? Um, yeah. It's 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 really good. I and mean, it's it's like working with a a junior rubber duck person you know that you can just sit and, and bounce ideas but, off and then but in some ways better than junior as well because yeah. it knows everything it just isn't like it's got all of the knowledge it's not yeah. necessarily always implementing it well whereas a junior doesn't have the knowledge doesn't have like the breadth yeah maybe i'm wrong um, then. maybe it's like knowledge which is which is fascinating I, I asked it to like i had some minified javascript um and i didn't have the source file so i was like i asked it to beautify it uh, and not only did it do that, it, it fixed it all. It was like, yeah, I beautified it and tidied it up for you. And it was like, yeah, it was amazing. It just like really loved, like nice structure to it. I was like, there's no way this is going to work. Yeah. Ran it, worked, no problems. So yeah, pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah. I'm enjoying it's, it. I'm enjoying working with um, it. I think it's something that I need to remember is there as well, because it's like a new tool. My my default is just to go into the search engines and like you said, stack overflows and things. And I need to start like just remember I've got I've got this other tool now that's just as good and I can I can start using that. So I've bookmarked yeah. it in my little bookmarks bar now and hopefully it'll uh, cry out to me uh, to remember. Got a few uh comments. I think we should probably jump in. Uh Sam says, Well, it's from a while back. Bob is the best employee. Yeah, we do we do like Bob. Um it's a good price as well. He's not much salary on him. <laughs> yeah what is he twenty dollars a month twenty five dollars a month dollars a month <laughs> it's very good uh Elliot was asking uh is dali credit based I don't think it is once you does that mean paid for the credit, credit, the, credit, credit 
as in you don't have a certain number of credits to use. I don't. Uh, I don't know. Actually, there is a number of uh, number of requests for Chat GB4, yeah. I think. You can only there do is a rate limit on chat on uh, yeah, hundred messages on every three four. hours. So I don't know if that's that's how they're crediting the you know limiting you to what you do. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nick says Chat GPT four seems to know WordPress theme.json pretty well. So he's obviously Nick's obviously been using using it a little bit as well, uh, which is which is cool. And um, yeah, version four actually has access to the web, doesn't it? Yes, it can I think look so. stuff up, which is pretty cool because yeah. I asked it something and it said researching with Bing and then it came back with, with the results. So yeah. Um, Elliot says, I like using it for very small code snippets, then used it as a base. Inevitably I have to change and adapt it for my use cases. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't, yeah. I, I just find it useful for those little moments where it's like, how do I do this? Is there another way I could do this? Can I fix this? It's like, it's never, I want to do something and it just, spits out the entire finished code for you like it's not i mean i probably will get there but uh i don't think it's there yet but yeah super useful for for little bits i was saying cases. that to you i think a lot of what it was doing was out of the context of my um of my project so one of the things it had was a function then you pass it a url the url that you want to query for the api and obviously i didn't i didn't that was stored somewhere else in my system you know my system so i had to then get that and then pass it across but and i was thinking well if I had access to my code, it would know that. Like it, yeah. it would know where it is. So it would, would easily be able to just a bit like GitHub Copilot kind of knows my project more. So yeah. It knows where things are. So it's clever. I think I think that could easily come, definitely. Oh uh, well, uh, yeah, well, I, I just think this stuff's just gonna improve exponentially for a little while. Mm. Um it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna be crazy soon. Um the man. We've got the man watching. That's great. What a great username. Um, I'm looking for alternate methods to sell my plugin and also handle its licensing. I'm okay with coding, but not sure where to host my plugin files. And I'll just follow that up with his second comment. I mean, apart from AWS, is it possible to securely and conveniently save and query plugin files from something like Google Drive without purchasing any cloud platform plans? Thanks. Mark? So I can only tell you what we do. So I'll just flip back to the original comment. Um, so we sell our plugins via WordPress. We use Easy Digital Downloads, a WordPress plugin, uh, which allows us to sell the digital content. And it has, does it call them add-ons? I'm not sure, but we have the software licensing add-on and the recurring something add-on it basically allows yeah. you to do subscriptions and i have also got the git add-on so basically every time i do a new release of our plugin i just go into the download section in wordpress and basically say uh, go and fetch the git releases again and then i just select the latest one it then downloads that zip file from github stores it on our site and then that's what it serves to users when it comes up as a as an updated version so we don't use uh we don't use aws to host that on we don't use anything like that it's just sat in wordpress itself um i guess if you are acf gravity forms elementor pro you probably have a lot of requests to download stuff all the time so maybe that's where you'd need something like aws um 
but but for mm. us it works pretty well at the moment. That's all we do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um so you to follow it up there. I followed a tutorial on Envato that creates a whole licensing system while saving the files and I think he meant AWS maybe. Um yeah. I mean, yeah, if you can roll your own then maybe, but I sort of think I don't know how much we're paying for our EDD add-ons. I think but we it, get the all access pass, which is about four fifty a year. I'm so guessing not, something like that. It's not dirt cheap, but like building your yeah. own system and maintaining it. I don't that's, know. Yeah, he's gonna say, and that's like one sale for us, isn't it? One one license yeah. of, of job relay. So it's not it's not I don't consider that expensive. If you're selling WordPress plugins at, you know, ten quid a pop, then yeah, you've got to sell a fair few to cover that cost, haven't you? So maybe that's something to consider. Yeah, yeah. Um but uh, there are other products. I know that we have used Lemon Squeezy, which is a store-based online store, and they also have a licensing and subscription sort of module, um, mm -hmm. which I don't think costs extra. I think you can, you can use it, and you could integrate your product with that, and it would do that yeah. as well. So there's, And I'm sure there's others. Maybe Shopify do the similar sort of thing. He's, he's saying without purchasing any cloud platform plans, so he's obviously trying to stay away. He's probably seen those kind of options and trying to stay away from them. So, yeah. It's tricky. You're gonna you're gonna pay for it, or you're gonna do it yourself. Pretty yep. much. I don't know how many like if anyone's gonna be hosting your stuff for free. But I guess what he's saying is like, can you host it on AWS? But there's some kind of open source free kind of system to use to handle the licensing. And I don't know. I don't know if that exists. But uh, yeah, we we don't have a free one. We obviously set up using easy digital downloads, which is good. I like it. Um, it. it just could be better. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Um, but yeah. So Mark, you wanted just we've got one last uh topic. Uh well two. The the, the last one we're gonna cover is potentially a way for some of us to maybe get together in real life. So we'll save that to the end. Um but Mark, you just wanted to quickly mention your home networking uh trials and tribulations. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else is doing it, so I've been uh I'm trying to get a better Wi-Fi signal around the house, so um, I'm just looking into like access points and things. I found a few. I just don't know if anyone can. Anyone maybe runs one in the home that's recommended. Like, I think the issue for us is we have we're a family of four, and we have a lot of devices connected to the Wi-Fi. You know, when you get when you actually count them up, it's ridiculous what you have. You know, everyone's got a phone, everyone's got an iPad, everyone's got a laptop. I've wow. got a few other things. You've got printers, you've got televisions, you've got skyboxes in my house. So you can easily rack up into the sort of 40s and 50s. And I think most wow. sort of like yeah. off-the-shelf routers that you get with your um, broadband provider, they're not particularly optimized for handling, you know, 50, 60 devices that are connected to them. So I was looking to to get something that's got a bit more oomph, shall we say, <laughs> to connect mm -hmm. it to. So... Um, interestingly, Sam there just says we use a ubiquitous unified. That's exactly the thing that I was looking at. So I was hoping someone would be able to say that is the right thing, Mark. You're on the right line. So um, I was looking at them today and on the comparing them, it looks like the U7 Pro would be pretty good for me, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. But yeah, that was my home networking. Um, and then I also you... had someone come in to do a quote to get some more um, Cat5 around the house and stuff, or is it Cat6 these days? Ethernet cable, basically, and um, it was a bit expensive, so I didn't bother. But it was 
it was like over a thousand quid, which I suppose if it fixes all your issues, is not that much of a problem. Um, but I just didn't want to lay out that for now. But what he did do is fix one of my wires that was here, which has been wired wrong for like the last 20 years. So I've literally only been able to use like one cable that was also wired wrong with it. So it like did the right connection. So he's fixed that and now I can uh, I can use any wire into it, which is good. So I, yeah, I, I um, cabled up my whole house when I did our renovations. So I've got Ethernet into every room, multiple points in some rooms but I haven't actually connected any of it. So I'm still running the whole house off the Virgin Virgin Media Hub. Um, so I need to, yeah, I need to get that fixed. I bought some switches and some patch panels and some stuff. So I just need to hook it all up and start testing it and figure out which uh, which end goes to which room. That's going to be fun. Um, Did you not labeled, label them? I think I labeled some of them. Yeah, oh I tried to, but... Uh, <laughs> It was a rush job in the middle of winter on a two dark nights. So with me and my friend trying to do it um, yeah. b- before the walls were put in. <laughs> so yeah, Nick. Um, thank you, work. Nick. Says I pointed. Is that word? Or is that spot wrong? Ponied up. Ponied up. I've never heard that before. Um, some of you big to get doing COVID. It's been faultless. That's good to know. Um, I'm really intrigued as to which ones you went for. Uh, and Sam, oops, I can't see what I'm doing now. Sam says the same thing. Yeah, it's really good. Great interface too if you're having multiple dishes. I presume by dishes he means like access points because they're kind yeah. of circular dishes things. Powered over PoE, which is power over Ethernet. And uh, yeah, so you don't need a power socket to the yeah. actual access point, which is another place because you can't put it anywhere then, can't you? If you so okay. are those the kind of like mesh systems? Is that like creates a single network that <clears throat> you, is kind of like can... a mesh through the whole house? You can get them for for mesh systems, but the one I was the one I was looking at this U7 Pro, I don't think I'd need. I just think I'd need one, and if I can put it in the middle of the house, I think it'll mm. be fine. Yeah. Um, but the the problem with my my routers at the moment is that it's in the corner of the house, and it's an oldish router, so it's not particularly. Uh, I may say an oldish router. It's probably like four years old. So I don't yeah. think the throughput or the signal is particularly good. I think one of these devices has got a much better coverage. And a better throughput, so I think, I think one of these might might be good enough to work. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, good to know. Anyway, thank you everyone yeah. for uh, your advice on that. Yeah, very good, very good. So lastly, this is something we spoke. I think did we mention WordCamp Europe last week on the show about whether we were going to go um, or is that just an internal? I don't know if we mentioned it on the show, but we had a we had a conversation uh, this week um, about whether or not we should go uh when we took it fairly seriously we were looking at flights and how we would get there and everything and in the end we actually just decided just the way the flights were yeah it was going to be a like a lot longer stay we couldn't just get in and out quickly and easily it would be like like hotel rooms either end of it and yeah Yeah. so Um, we decided not to but having made that decision we also just thought i just really want to see some of our wordpress friends and just hang out and do you know talk shop for a little while so we are um we are thinking of organizing some kind of little wordpress retreat uh in the uk uh hopefully some point this year like it's there's no plans yet i I spoke to some of my friends this morning about it and someone else had had a similar idea um but it would basically probably look something along the lines of get a massive airbnb somewhere uh that can fit 
I don't know, 10 of us or I, that's even open to debate or like a small hotel where we could, you know, all get in and they've got like a little conferency room that we can hang out in. I don't know. Like it's really, really open, but I really feel like I really want to make this happen this year because it's been too long now and it doesn't look like we're getting a word camp in the UK. Uh, well, we had one recently in what in Whitley Bay, wasn't it? But um, that I can really realistically go to anytime soon. Uh, and really for me, it's more about seeing people and having conversations than sitting listening to talks. Um, so anyway, I guess if that piques your interest at all um, and you'd like to join us, then get in touch. Um, I don't know the best places. You can certainly get in touch with this show um, on X. Oh, I'm, I'm going there. I'm going to call it X now. Um, at WP Cafe Show uh, or us personally at Keith Devon or at WP Mark. So let us know if that's something you'd be at all interested in. I've got you know a few people in mind that I uh, think it'd be fun to go and hang out with. So uh, let's do it. Uh, <laughs> great comments Sam uh, Sam has just said WP Matt said he's going to fund a WordPress London venue next year after the bridge has been funded imagine so that is tongue in cheek I'm assuming um, yeah don't think there's going to be any money left over after the bridge uh, Dan Wessel hi Dan I haven't, I haven't seen you in a while you're one of those people you're one of those people I want to see again and hang out with uh, the corridor track was always the the more valuable conference aspect. Completely agree. Yeah. So if people if people are at all interested in that, um, even if it was four of us or if it was twenty of us, I don't really care. Um, I think it'd be just really nice to get together with some like minded people for a little while, um, have a little weekend away or midweek, whatever. So there you go. Think on it. Get in touch if you're interested. And with that, I think we should wrap up the show it's uh another Indeed. long one. Oh, we never have anything to talk about we managed to talk um for a long time so thanks so much for joining us um thanks for watching along live on youtube and for all your comments we really really appreciate comments and questions um if you're listening on the podcast thanks for getting us on the podcast or later on on youtube we appreciate it all if you did like the show, please do consider subscribing or just drop us a little like. The little like is doesn't really cost you anything, but it makes a big difference to algorithms and things like that. Um, just to get us in front of a few more people, we'd really appreciate that. Um, and anything else from you, Mark? No, all good. We'll, uh, we'll hopefully see you next week, same time. See you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>